0: Well, that was miserable to watch. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Youth, your daily podcast on the Utah youths. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown On your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you like and subscribe. We love interacting with you all in the YouTube comments. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a rating and a review. My name is JT. I was a former intern inside the abuse of Utah Athletic Department. Now, today's show, we unfortunately have to talk Utah getting steamrolled by Arizona 42 to 18. Um, Just a tough game. I mean, you start out in a 21 to nothing hole in the in the first quarter, whether it's I mean, we'll talk, we'll break it down in a second. But you know, and then it didn't really stop. Like, yeah, Utah scored a touchdown in the second and Arizona did the same. But then even in the fourth quarter and Wildcats got that late final score. But it's just so disappointing and just such a bummer to see the season kind of coming to an end this way. It's been such an incredible year for Utah in so many ways, in my opinion. And what I mean by incredible year is this is the kind of win, not not the kind of way, excuse me. This is the kind of season that gives me so much faith and confidence in the Utah football program going forward because it was the first time they broke through with Cam Rising. And this year to be so competitive without him, and yeah, Utah's done it, but – I mean, really, it does just feel like since his teams, you know, they've been there now, they've won back-to-back Pac-12 champs, and to win so many games without your guys and your top players, it just gives you so much confidence in the future of this program once guys like Cam, Brand, all those guys do officially leave, and they may come back for another year, we'll have to wait and see. But then there's games like this where it's just so deflating after you do... Feel so optimistic and just proud of the way this team had fought all year. And to see it come undone in such a regard like this was really disappointing and just dis- disheartening, as I mentioned. So, I mean, we knew Utah was gonna be in trouble, because if I think most of you would agree. If you went who is you well, what I'm about to say, if you went who's Utah's best defensive lineman, you would have said Jonah Ellis. We all would. If you would have said who's Utah's best linebacker, and maybe some of you would have said uh Lander Barton, but based on like right now, it's Karen A Reed, and he's out and Cole Bishop. And if he wasn't Cole Bishop for the best defensive back, you'd say, like, okay, it's probably Sioni Vaki then, who was limited in the game. And it clearly showed when he was out there. Sioni did not play very well because he wasn't healthy. And you can tell that. So yeah, Utah down their best defenders. We already know what a roller coaster the offense has been. A recipe for disaster in Tucson. And that is exactly what we got. A we got a gourmet meal of disasters for Utah. I mean, let's walk through it, right? Very first drive. You just see Utah just not able to get home quick enough. Credit Arizona's offensive line, but even when Utah, like O'Toole or someone, would win, he did a good job rolling out and coverage didn't hold up downfield. McMillan had a great game. Give Arizona, Arizona outplayed and outcoached Utah in this game. They just did a great job. I mean, the wide receiver pass was a great play. Utah defensive backs bit way too hard, kind of flowing over and left them wide open. And you know, I still would have been interested to see what if this game would have been maybe a little closer if you don't start out in the four, like the twenty-one nothing hole, but especially fourteen nothing, just. Such a brutal sequence of events on that blocked field goal. Um, but if, it's so crazy because last week you have a guy like Michael Mokafisi who makes such a great play, like hustling back and jumping on that ball. And, you know, there just doesn't recognize the rusher coming past him and doesn't turn around quick enough to get a hand on him. And I'm not in the room. So maybe there was another way that wasn't his fault, but dang, if it didn't look like it was Michael Mokafisi's fault, like if you would have told me his worst block, his worst missed block of the season would have come on a, uh, on a punt, I would have been shocked. And that's kind of what it was there, but this was not on him by any mean, as we kind of said that, you know, everyone really struggled in so many ways at different points. Like if you're talking about the offense, why the offense struggled. Um, it's just, it's just so many things. The offense makes nice plays at times, right? Like let's look at Bryson's stats. He had, 320 passing yards in the game. Also had two touchdowns. If you look at Utah, they still ran for over 100 yards on the ground. The Devon Vale went over 100 yards receiving. Maneer McLean had 70 yards receiving. Landon King had 63 yards receiving. But I'm, I know the context behind those numbers. We're going to talk about those in a second. So all the numbers, they don't look that bad. But what's the problem with Utah. It's the consistency. You will see a nice run, and then the very next play, you will see a hole get plugged up. You'll see an offensive lineman fail to complete their assignment. You will see Bryson Barnes make a nice throw, and then you will see Bryson miss a throw. You will see the Utah offensive line fail and blitz pick up, and you'll see him get it one play. You see receivers getting open and separating, and then you see them not. You see running backs missing a hole at times, too. Not as much with the running backs or the receivers, but... It's just tough. This is what it's been for Utah offensively the last, uh, against Washington in the second half, too. Just the inconsistencies. They've been really dragging this team down. I mean, that was a brutal interception that Bryson had in the red zone. He just stared at the left side the entire time and made it very easy for the linebacker to flow over. His second interception, I don't think he was hit. I think that was just a bad throw. And there were other missed throws throughout the game, obviously, too. But he, once again, like just at this point in the season for, We always say, you know, trust in Jim Harding and everything, too. And I don't think it's – it's not majorly on Jim Harding. It's partially on Jim Harding, but it's more so on the players to execute just the amount of failed blitzes that have been picked up and just some of the gaffes in the rushing game that have allowed Utah to not get off and put themselves in a good position for second and manageable instead being second and long. It's things that have kind of plagued the team at times and stretches, and it was just really a factor in this one, too. And you saw, you know, when the defense wasn't able to kind of carry the torch, the the offense certainly – was not so just just disappointing like I said again just the miscues and mistakes and uh and all the things that kind of roll into it as well but give credit to Arizona it's a good team they made a number of good plays made a number of of good throws too I thought their offensive line did a good job protecting Phifita Fifia did a good job too made a couple of nice throws throughout this one too some positives still take throughout of it like the Stanley seeing him get a little more run how about him showing off the speed on the the one reception he had? uh, down the sideline. That was a, that was a fun one that we, uh, we got to witness there. Stanley, you know, for 11 yards, that one went, I was wondering, trying to remember what the exact yardage of it was. And, uh, you know, good to see Jaquindon get involved in the passing game a little bit more. He had three for 24, that one wheel route he had was my favorite there. But guys like, you know, Landon King, I want to say this about Landon, because he was quiet for most of the game, but had a, a big grab earlier. And then late in the game really had spectacular stuff. The stuff with Landon King late in the game is what gets me excited about him in the future because those were really tough catches that he made. And I don't care what the scoreboard is. It was just if you're looking at that specific play, that's a tough catch to be made. Landon King is showing the potential to be the next great Utah tight end. And I think he's capable of that. And I'm excited to see what next year holds from him because some of those catches he made were acrobatic. Meneer McLean having so many flashes throughout the year, made some a couple of nice grabs throughout it. And it really is just so disappointing that it took you took Utah so long to utilize Devon Bailey because I feel like he's been doing this all season long and Utah just kind of failed to – Failed to maximize his skill set, and it's it's unfortunate. And he's a trooper and a warrior and always does a good job going out there for his team block and supporting them. But, yeah, I feel like that's the one area that Utah really ma- mismanaged was to, all the stuff with Devon Vele in, so in so many regards, too. And I still like Bryson and what he does. I think he's a really good backup quarterback. But this is an Arizona team that is a top 15 team in college football right now. They proved it again today by absolutely punching Utah in the mouth and Utah was never able to respond. They got punched in the mouth, and they kind of continued to just eat punches in the mouth, and maybe they threw a jab in when they scored that one touchdown, but it wasn't like Arizona's lead was ever really in danger, and give the Wildcats some credit, and we'll we'll talk about the defense more here in a moment as well, but yeah, then Andy Ludwig even got out, coach, they didn't love the game plan. I'm so tired. You're going to come out and keep these third and long runs going. They're not, third and long runs don't work, like third and five, third and four. They're just not that successful, so I said, just, just disappointing and really deflating this kind of a game is like that. And it leads you like – i I'm excited for the – ah, I am excited for the Colorado game, but I'm less excited for the Colorado game. Now, because of the way this team looked, I don't know if Shador Sanders is going to play in that game. That's something we've been talking about for a little bit on this show now, but now that he's injured and hurt, like it's – I don't know, just the – All the appeal around that game that was earlier in the season isn't as present anymore. But I do want to continue to talk about this Arizona game in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about one of the sponsors of today's episode in Locked On Utes and our great friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. They have over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, and you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay-guaranteed fit, Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car to the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or dive alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only. Available to U.S. customers. All righty. Coming back in this one, let's continue to talk about the dismantling of Utah that occurred today in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, so sticking with the game as well mentioned just Utah defensively. It was just weird to see and Morgan Scalley even tweeted it out in his kind of uh, thing he was talking it was talking about something else but he was, was tweeted like how they just got beaten out coached and you know they did defensively too whether it just this did not look like the Utah defense that we saw all season and that's where yes they missed some key players but there was coverage busts, guys not holding up in coverage as long, guys not doing a good enough job getting off blocks I felt like guys taking poor angles on tackles I don't think it was like an effort thing with Utah, but I don't know. Like there's rumors of illnesses going around. I saw, and it was just, it just did not look like the defenses in the past did. And I don't know if part of that, as I mentioned, was the fact that Utah can't make a PAC 12 championship, but yeah, the vibe around this team just on film was different than the vibes of the other game. I I'd noticed as well. And which was disappointing too. Uh, Utah's pass rush, obviously missed Jonah Ellis. He's really one of the best pass rushers in college football. He, not even opinion, just statistically, he is. And I thought the defensive line was almost getting home a few times, but the secondary just wasn't able to hang in tough. And part of that is has to do with no Cole Bishop. Part of that definitely has to do with Sioni Vaki clearly not being right out there. And you know, Utah, he was going to play limited snaps. And you could see when he's out there just plays he normally makes, he wasn't able to because he's not hundred percent. Uh De Mooney has mentioned to you know, just the linebackers for Utah, not as strong in this game. They they miss Karenne So I mean, yeah, I don't it's this is where it's hard to talk about a game like this because it's just like, I mean, everyone could have been better. There was mistakes up and down the board. And it's so disappointing to see this performance out of a Kyle Whittingham team that is known for Coach Fish praise Kyle Whittingham for just how consistently his teams perform. Like this is a Utah brand that's done a good job building themselves up and just a really disappointing performance in Arizona. And it just kind of leaves you going flat to the final game of the season because Utah's not really. Utah wasn't really playing anything against Arizona, but it was kind of you know pride, just that ability to continue to stack up some wins as well as another big thing. And you know Utah now seven and four, they'll get to eight. They'll get to eight wins against Colorado, no matter who the quarterback is. Just a bad matchup, and I think Utah will come out as they always do one final time at home uh, for the fans, hyping them up too. So yeah, and then you get. Like I said, and across to Arizona, I think they're a good team too. They should finish the year. I think nine and three. Yeah, the Arizona State next week, so yeah, they'll they'll finish the year nine and three. But yeah, just I'm curious to see what Utah looks like next week. How much Bryson do we see? Do we see some Nate Johnson? Maybe I don't think we'll see Brandon Rose. I know some of you have been talking about that for a while, but we'll see who walks. We'll be talking about that all week long on. Unlocked on lockdown, Utes two, and I do want to give credit to Arizona, though. As much as I'm doom and gloom on Utah, just because I was so disappointed of the performance we saw today, so uncharacteristic, uh, just the missed tackles, execution, play calling, even just Utah got diced up in every sense of the world. Which is, it's just never fun to talk about when your team gets their butt kicked in, in this fashion and regard. And while Arizona is a top fifteen team, it's different than when you lose to a team like Oregon, where it's like, oh no, they're just straight up like they're you're not even the same planet as them. Utah can should have been able to play with Arizona and had they had guys healthy, they would have been. But it's just once again the frustrations of the injuries that have just marred this season for Utah. So so challenging. But I do like Fafita. Over 250 yards passing, two touchdowns there. Coleman, we talked about him and his ability to make some plays too. McMillan was magnificent. You know, they got Johnson, did some nice things too. So yeah, this is a a defense in an Arizona team that's peaking at the right time. They're really good. I expect them to be in the top 15. Utah will follow the college football rankings um, as they should. It's just performance like this you don't deserve to. Now, I'd love to see them really lay it on Colorado and then earn their way back into that ranking, but um, I'm not expecting that. And this is the kind of game where it would be cool to, for Utah to get like a premium bowl game if they take care of business against Arizona, continue to work their way up the rankings a little bit. You know, End the season with, and with only losing three games. Those three losses would have been to... Oregon State, uh, excuse me, Washington, and Oregon. And, you know, now that Oregon lost, Oregon State lost, they'll drop. But I still believe Utah has three losses, four losses to what I would consider, I would argue, all top 15 teams. If nothing else, definitely top 20 teams. So, yeah, just something to bear in mind there for Utah. And I do think this is still a good Utah team. They just, you know, the injuries are unfortunate. And you got guys like Joan Ellis out for the season now, which is really unfortunate because I would have loved for him to, you know, kind of continue to bolster and add to his sack total. Because even if he only gets one or two, not entirely sure the lead he has on everyone, but since he's not playing the final two games, he very well could lose what's been such a sensational season for him in terms of sack production. So just another thing we'll have to keep an eye on, but yeah, I'm surprised that we saw this out of a Kyle Whittingham team. I can't remember the last time Utah lost back-to-back games. I'm sure one of you in the comments uh, can mention it and remind me, but yeah, just definitely one where you just leave, you just shake your head. You're just like, that sucked. And now we just got one game left. I mean, those of you who listen to this show, all we do is talk about Utah football, and we, we love this team, and it's just tough whenever they go out there and perform just so below the standard and just so below what we know they're capable of. It just leaves you disappointed. And uh, I think that's the best way to describe the feeling that I'm feeling right now, and I'm sure that a lot of you are feeling right now. But one game to go. Very curious to see what the team looks like against Colorado. Guys who are banged up already, like Cole Bishop, is he going to play next week? Is he only going to play? I have no idea. I mean, this – once again, nothing's really on the line immediately. How's Utah going to play their bowl? I handle the bowl game with that coming up and everything. So lots on the table for Utah and just lots of interesting discussion points still, which is crazy just that these are the discussion points we're having now because with the healthy Cam rising and even just some of these injuries not the way they are, then Utah probably is very well in the thick of the Pac-12 race. I think if Cam was healthy, this is a totally different game. You can see just time and time again how I felt like this offense showed signs of being more explosive this year. But they had a backup quarterback running things, and Bryson made a number of nice plays. But as we always say on the show, when the game falls on his shoulders, Bryson is not capable of doing that. He can always be part of the reason Utah wins. He will never be the reason Utah wins. And I really love Bryson. I think he's done a lot of great things for this team, this program. But you gotta call a spade a spade sometimes. So, yeah, a disappointing day for Utah. This is a do- uh, kind of a doom and gloom episode. Usually, I'm pretty in a in a good mood and everything, but it's just hard to put a positive spin on a game like this. And yeah, Utah played well and did some things better in the second half, I guess, but still the turnovers and only scoring 18 points on the road. It's not great. So only place you can go from here is up. That is what Utah will be looking to do against Colorado. We're finally talking about Coach Prime this week on Locked On Utes. I'm looking forward to it. We'll be focusing on the film of this game tomorrow's show to talk about where Utah can hopefully try to get better and improve going into their tests against what was originally the most hyped team in college football. The hype train's kind of gone off the rails now, but still one that could make for a fun matchup in Colorado. We'll cover that all this week on Locked On Utes. We look forward to seeing you then.